from the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP. WSHE. HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, uh, we'll talk some hoops here coming up. An old friend is going to join us here in a minute or two, talking some Matt Eberflus about, uh, like, when do you change, when do you stay the same? A lot of Bears fans understand, like, you've, you've been scarred, you're scared to change, or, you know, you've been you changed so many times, like, you, you, so you're, you're like, oh, I don't know if you just can keep changing, so you just want to keep the status quo, Um I just want to remind you as far as the quarterback position, and I want to have a deeper conversation about just Justin later in the show. I don't want to bring in Getze. I don't want to bring in um, the conversation about the number one pick. I want to just zero in on Justin later in the show about the production and what, what people are holding on to and what they see. What Has it been enough? And the Justin fans, um, what are you holding on to? What do you circle and say, this is what he has tangibly done better? Without making excuses from the line, without making excuses about the uh, offensive coordinator, well, let's not bring in Caleb Williams. Let's not talk about Drake May. Let's, let's just talk about Justin and talk about production. Let's not talk about athleticism. Let's not talk about the work ethic. Let's just talk about getting stuff done. So this is what what I think you need to be reminded of. Justin Fields this year has thrown for 2,146 yards. He has 15 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He has added with that 585 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So about 2,600 yards 2,700 yards of total offense with 18 touchdowns. Um, And a lot of people are scared to move off of that. Ryan Poles, when he was in Kansas City, had a quarterback who threw for 4,042 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions, had a quarterback rating of 104.7, in 15 games, not 16, 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions, a quarterback rating of nearly 105 in 15 games that made the playoffs, and they moved off of him for an unproven rookie. Now, you may say in hindsight, well, that rookie turned out to be Patrick Mahomes, who's one of the greatest. No one knew that at that time. He was unproven. If Justin Fields had 4,000 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions, 105 quarterback rating, there'd be nobody in Chicago that would want to move off of him. In Kansas City, they moved off of that quarterback for the unproven rookie. So you're telling me that Poles is going to be afraid of Moving away from a guy who's thrown for 2,100 yards and 15 touchdowns that he didn't draft? I think you've got to realize that production is important here. And, and, 
and where he came from and what he's accomplished with another organization that just because other team and the other Bears regimes have failed, it doesn't mean he's going to look at that and say, I'm scared of failing too. They moved off of Alex Smith, who threw for over 4,000 yards, got them to the postseason, and had a terrific year. And they said, that wasn't good enough for us. We're moving away. We're going to go with the unproven rookie. Um, Let's go to uh, a guy who had a huge, huge impact with us at ESPN 1000 for many, many years. He's one of our favorites. I wanted to get him on not only for his take on the Bulls, but he has Justin thoughts as well, as he always has thoughts on everything, and I want to know what he thinks about his Cubs. Not moving either. He's our good friend, Nick Friedel. Nick What is going on, Nick? <laughs> it's good for the soul to hear that song again, my man. How are you? I am uh, I'm pretty bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty bored, but uh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Everything is good. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for the Cubs to spend some money, but I feel like you and I have had this conversation for a decade and a, a half mostly, and uh, I'm very not surprised that the Bulls have found a rhythm without that one guy on the floor. And uh, I, I don't even understand why people are still thinking that Fields is going to be something that he hasn't shown to be yet. So, I, I mean, which direction do you want to go? Like, you tell me. Like, this is <laughs> – like, it, 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 I feel like we're sort of – just right back into the groove here because, like, you had these passionate thoughts about Cuddy, too. You've had these passionate thoughts about Ricketts, and you've always had these passionate thoughts about Zach. And I feel like it's a time for you to take a victory lap on Zach. <laughs> and for me to say to you, for me to say you were right and I was wrong, uh, like, I, I thought he was going to take the next step and join the the young guns of, of the NBA and and he just didn't do that. I feel like every few months, every couple of years in this case, I come on and it's kind of like, and you and Tom are like, all right, all right, again, you were right. And I have to be like, yeah, I still love y'all. Uh, but it, when, when, when you watch Zach <laughs> in the beginning, after the Bulls made that move, you thought, all right, he can get better. And I, I, I didn't even think they should sign him that first deal. I mean, he proved me wrong off that one. But right, you were wrong the first time, and now right. you're right on the second one. But, but the issue to me, and this is what I, this is why I still held to that belief, and I, it's been proven to be correct. Now, I never thought you were going to win at the level the Bulls want to win with him as one of your top tier guys. Just did not think when you watched him in Minnesota, when you realized that the guy who moved him was Tibbs. I mean, God, if Tibbs could, <laughs> Tibbs could win with anybody. Wait, Taz is still in the league. <laughs> I mean, he brought Taz back. He found a way for for Taz to be the guy. If you can get that guy to trust you, he'll he'll ride with you forever. But he he just was never the guy that made everybody else around him better. And Sylvia, in hindsight, to all of it. The worst mistake 
the organization made was when they did not move him in the third year of that four-year deal. And it was right about the point Garn Packs were were out and Karnasovas and Eversley had come in and it was like, oh, are they going to move him? Are they going to re-sign him? And I, I remember texting my friends in the organization. I know that will be a shock to many who always believe that I, I can't stand the Bulls and on and on. I've got plenty of friends there, lifelong friends. I'm like, you, you guys better stand on the table and make sure that you do not sign this next deal. You've got to move him before you're paying that price. And, and that's part of what we're seeing now. It's not that Zach's a bad player. I, uh, I mean, he, he's a very good offensive player, but he just never improved defensively. And he was never a guy, again, who was going to make those around him much better. And the issue now is you, it's not that you can't move him because we've seen way too many times. You can always move somebody. It's just what you're going to give up and what you're going to take back. But there just does not feel like there's much of a mark, market at all for a guy who, again, people cling to. Oh, he's a two-time All-Star. Oh, he can score 30. Oh, he's such a great dunker. I'm, does he help you win? And from the first time that you, me, and Tommy had this conversation, that was always what I felt when you watched him early in his career, when you talked to people around him, really nice guy, really good scorer. Does he help you win games? And I felt the same way then that I feel now. And the answer is no, not as a top line guy. And certainly not as a top line guy on that kind of max deal. And I raged against it. I raged against it. I texted you. Two years ago when they were winning with that, with that, when they first put this team together, and I go, look, watch him play, uh, watch him play with this stuff. But as it's gone on, and like I've always said, like, and as I've been convinced and watched more and I've been open-minded to it, like I always feel like you have your opinions, but you always should be open-minded to what's really going on. And that, yes, he, he probably he, – he is very talented. He's super skilled. But does, he, does, does his skill and does his talent lead to winning? And I've always given the stat that Nitzberg's helped me with that over 500 games played and how he's got the worst record of any NBA veteran. And you can cite that he's played for Minnesota, and you could cite that he's played – for the Bulls, but he's got the worst record. And true stars, if he is that, like people say he is, they change those franchises. When those players go to the bad teams, they turn them around. When Jimmy goes to a team, he he turns Minnesota around. He turns Miami around. Everywhere he goes, he raises the level of who he's playing with better. Where Zach goes... He's won one playoff game his entire career. Not one playoff series, one playoff game. And that's not a coincidence. It's like, and everyone wants to, like the Zach believers make make the excuse that it's, again, and it's sort of like the Justin conversation, but he's got more. There, There's way more uh, examples of Zach than with Justin that, again, that uh, just show you that he is just not that guy. And when you start out and you win five out of your first 19 games with Zach, and then he says, I want to be traded, and I'm sitting out. 
and then you replace him, and all of a sudden that same team with the young players then go on a this run that they've gone on in a small sample size, sure it's small, but it just validates what you already know, and that's addition by subtraction. Absolutely, completely. And I, and I tell you, in my experience, you can feel when a cloud has been lifted off a team. And I'm certainly not in there day-to-day uh, uh, around the Bulls the way I was years ago, but <laughs> it's very clear in how they play. I mean, the, there's, there's not nearly as much ball stopping. Zach, uh, for as much as he improved offensively, he just never improved defensively. That has been better. There's more movement uh, on the offensive end. Uh, people aren't just deferring to him and saying, okay, go do it. I, it's just very clear. When you watch the team, they function better without him on the floor. And the other thing I would add to your point and, and to what you were outlining there, once they made this last deal and they extended him and they gave him the max, that contract is one of the very worst in the NBA. It's terrible. And this was always my point to you. It was, you know, just let him walk. And you would tell me, and we would text about it, and we'd talk about it on the show, but you would say, well, you, you want to get that first-round pick back. You want to maintain the asset. And, and I, my point to you always was, well, this is what could happen, though. You, you could just be better uh, with the addition by subtraction. And that's what we've seen. Again, it, it's not that he's somehow a bad player. It's just he's not a player who's going to help you win that much. And I think the other thing that I always point to is, You've got people who say, oh, but Levine showed it. He showed it in the Olympics when he's around other great players. Zach Levine was a a guy who was playing spot minutes, and they said, hey, we really need you to defend here (laughs) and just play your role. And when he's around a lot of other Hall of Famers or all-star guys, sure, I mean, okay, fine. But he wasn't a star guy in a star role, and that's the issue. You are paying him to be a star guy in a star role, for a team that desperately needed him to take another step that he's not going to take. Nick, uh, like I was uh, talking to one Bulls fan who I've, I've met before at Bulls games who's upset that the Bulls are winning again because he feels like that all this is doing is this is pacifying Bulls fans, and it's saying that this is just a fun group again, and now Bulls fans are happy, but what it's doing is it's it's now giving AK – more life, and it's it's now going to get Michael off the hook of truly building a winner again. And um, in the grand scheme of things, Kobe White, yes, is growing, and maybe Patrick Williams is growing. Do you believe, even though now that they're, they're going on this little bit of a run, they should still blow it all up, except the young guys, like keep Kobe, keep Patrick Williams, and let him sort of play more, uh, trade Caruso, get what you can with all these guys, and, and try and redo it yet again. Completely. Completely. I mean, Sylvie, so you have to. That's the thing that you can't lose sight of if you're the Bulls in this mirage of, you know, everything's that much better. They're still going nowhere. That is a tough reality. This is a team that is nowhere near championship contention and when you realize that and you start aligning your moves 
to get you back to where you want to be, then yeah, you're going to you're going to lose more games in the short term, but you're going to be better suited for whatever may come down the line. But th- this is where you have to have the honest conversations. This is where <laughs> we always used to say, and our friend John Greenberg said the same thing. You need a VP of common sense at the table. Hey, everybody, are we ready to win a championship? Are we headed in the right direction? And the answer is, of course, hell no. So it's going to hurt, and you're going to have to make moves that uh, it are going to be tough to watch on some nights. But this core isn't good enough, and, and they never were. I think the, the mirage to me is, oh, well, if Lonzo were on the floor, then things would be different. What's the difference? The, the ceiling for that team, even if he was healthy, was always still the second round, maybe, if they were lucky. And that was contingent on Lonzo Paul being healthy, which he had had health problems before coming to Chicago, and Levine taking another step. And it's very clear at this point that that's not going to happen. So absolutely they should still blow it up, and, and nobody should be uh, – nobody should be swayed by any of what's gone on here in the last few weeks. Who are you more mad at? Are you more mad at Jed or are you more mad at Ricketts? The the answer is always Ricketts. I I don't understand how you could be mad at Jed. This is the thing that always pisses me off when I listen to my man, the cap man in the morning with hoodie because caps sitting there always saying, Oh, it's Jed. (laughs) Jed's not doing the job. Tom Ricketts has the money. Ricketts has the money. And, Sylvie, I know you agree with me on this one, and I will say it until the end of time. Ricketts got every single thing that he wanted. And he's still getting outspent. And the Cubs still aren't getting players. I mean, Council was a great move. And it's a great move for all the reasons that you've been saying. Like, they knew they had to improve. Ross wasn't the guy. They spent. Great. But you cannot just pay for a manager and go, yep, okay. And, and to me, there's actually a parallel here because if you look at the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs could still win the division next year. I mean, sure, Council could make that much of a difference and you can get some fringe guys. But nobody's going to look at the Cubs and go, all right, World Series contender again. Because if I have learned anything in my time covering all these different teams and being in all these different places across the country, you need – great ownership in order to win and you need the ownership hiring the right people and those people making the right decisions in order for it to continue and to have the sustained success that you know Theo talked about all along that's why like I can't stand the way Ricketts has done a lot of things since he took over I will always 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 give him credit for hiring Theo for spending some money when he needed to, for getting Madden in there because he was the right guy at the right time. But I'm not going to get mad at Jed. Jed Hoyer doesn't sign the checks. Yeah, but but maybe Jed's being too conservative with the money he's been handed. He signed nobody. He signed nobody because if he had to sit there and go, all right, we're, we're <laughs> going to have to go get more guys, you need to give us some more money. You think Tom Ricketts? The man who said a few years ago that there were biblical losses in baseball is going to sit there and go, okay, sure, Jed, just just keep pouring it in. Ukraine, Kenny, I mean, look at the the, the history lessons here. They, they made a couple big money deals with Lester and Hayward, but on the whole, they, you know, it always feels like they're shopping at TJ Maxx. Like, 
all right, let's get Bellinger for one year and let's see how it how it goes. Oh, he was really good. All right, uh, have fun, Cody. Like, we'll see you later. I, I mean, it just has never felt like they're going to spend like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, and what worries me as a fan, forget the last couple months and whatever may happen the rest of free agency and the spring training. What worries me is those teams have, it seems like, uh, a, a nonstop checkbook. They can always get refilled. And it has always felt like since the Ricketts took over that they would always spend to a point. And when you have this new corporate money or you have these billionaires coming in that just don't care, that are just going to write blank checks all over the place, that's what's really scary to me as a Cubs fan because it is money the be-all, end-all, of course not. But if you're not getting anybody – or you're not developing the guys that you you do have, you're just never going to be able to play on the same level as the teams that win and spend consistently. So how's uh, how's your mom doing? Everybody's good. It's uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting time watching basketball again with her. She still loves uh, watching Adam and Stacy and and turns on the games, but. She feels just like I do. Because, you know, if ever there was somebody who hated to say, okay, you were right, besides you, my man, it was Donna. But she'll sit there and tell me, God, you know, they're playing better, but they're, they're just not good enough. And You know, this is what I, I would say this as we're talking about all of this. I would tell you, especially now, the last few months, being able to watch more and read more, as a city, the the pro sports teams in the city of Chicago have the worst ownership <laughs> that there is. I mean, go down the line. The McCaskies, the Ricketts, the Reinsdorfs twice. I mean, the, the worst, the, the Blackhawks have been a disaster as far as handling a whole bunch of things. I, you know, it feels like they're getting back on track a little bit with Bedard. But, I mean, the ownership within the city is awful. And when you don't have good ownership, well, you get what you get. It starts at the top. I've always yelled that. Are you? What, are you gonna? Are you gonna begin back at it soon? You got any announcements coming up? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Just laying low in Florida. I told. I told Danny. I said, "Hey, I, I, I'm there whenever, uh, whenever you need me." So just keep. Okay. Uh, just keep hitting him and, and telling him I'm I'm here. But no, I'm uh, I'm relaxing doing a bunch of traveling which is great and i'll get back up there soon and get okay. some dinner but yeah it's, it's yeah. a different world right now for sure all right well let's uh let's get some plans on the book you know how we feel about you we love you and um we appreciate you and it's great to catch up i love you too my man i'll talk to you later all right see you later there's uh, nick friedow we love that guy you know a lot of people think that it's that that's the in vogue thing see when when someone doesn't agree with you when someone doesn't like or, or, or agree that your team is great, uh, he's a hater. But Nick's been right. Nick's been right. He loves our teams, um, but uh, they haven't exactly cashed in the way they should. And uh, there's no better guy out there than Nick Friedel. All right, uh, Waddle's World is coming up next. I, I have a special treat because I'm told that the chuck wagon is going to lead this. Tyler, you've passed the baton to the chuck wagon? The chuck wagon has taken over. This is going to be interesting. 
This is going to be fun. And then I have a, an interesting uh, list for you guys that I want uh, you guys to uh, pick my brain. Kind of family feud style. I want you guys to later on. It has something to do with airline etiquette that I read uh, earlier today. Um, 312-332-3776. Anything on your brain? Uh, Joniak coming up at 4. Courtney Cronin coming up at 5. Lots of Bears conversation coming your way. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home, we're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything works out with Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. That's right. Waddle's World, as always, brought to you by Waddle's good friends over at Wintrust Community Banks, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. What do you think of that, Sylvie? Taking it out of break a little bit? Did I do a good Waddle impression? I love it, Chuck Wagon. I love having you on the show, and I love... Uh, I love that you're leading Waddle's World. Is this your? Uh, is this you doing it for the first time? I believe so. The uh, Wagons World, as uh, we dubbed it. Oh, the Wagons World. <laughs> the wagon is here. You guys, uh, you guys, eggnog guys. I don't think I've ever tried it. You've um, never had eggnog? No. Interesting. It, uh, we, I I'm not a huge eggnog person. I'll have it. But it's it's not my favorite. Well, uh, it's a shame that you're not in the Holiday Bowl tonight, Tyler, because the winner of tonight's Holiday Bowl will be dunked with a Gatorade tub full of eggnog. This is like the second time they've done it. Haven't they done this before? Well, it's been mayo for a long time. There's the, oh. well, so today we, we're actually joining in progress after we're done at six with the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which the winning coach gets dunked in mayo. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of that. Um, so Mac Brown has a chance to be dunked in mayo today. And then they also have the Cheez-It Bowl, which I think has already been played, but they dump uh, Cheez-Its on people after that one. I remember, I, I, I've told Waddle this before, Bruce Levine used to, I used to sit next to Bruce Levine at Bears games. You know, he's a baseball guy, but he used to help us out covering Bears games. And he used to eat Cheez-Its up at the uh, Soldier Field, the old Soldier Field, Mm -hmm. the press box. And he used to get Cheez-Its all over his fingers. (laughs) He used to be so disgusting. (laughs) Cheez-Its all over the place. It's like a big thing with these college bowl games now to do a weird Gatorade bath. Because, yeah, Tyler mentioned a few. The Potato Bowl, they dunk french fries on you i believe so oh, it's it's that. a very like specifically college football thing to just get really weird with these random bowl game celebrations but the new, the new one now is there's the pop tart bowl and the mascot is a legitimate edible pop tart i so saw the, the trophy. winning coach yeah. yeah the winning coach has to eat it or something like that, that uh, the pop tart the pop tart yes okay. i mm-hmm. did one right sure um 
this you wrecked my brain on this too because on Christmas Day we had went. Is there any better food when it's piping hot than French fries? It's tough to beat a, a good fry. Like, like I when, think French fries may be my favorite food. Like, like, and, and when it's hot, like I think like good pizza, you, like you let settle a little bit. Like some people I know like it when it's right out of the oven. I like it to s- let it settle a little bit. Steaks the same way. I think you let it settle a little bit. But when French fries come right out of the oil, oh yeah, and mm-hmm. when it's piping hot, there's like what other food is better when it's piping hot? I think McDonald's or no, I think I feel like Wendy's always has the hottest fries. I don't know if they have the best fries, but I always feel like anytime I go to Wendy's, you have the highest odds of getting, like you're saying, so like a very popping, piping hot fry. Yes, because when you get cold fries, not as good. Like that, there's it's a soggy. huge difference in when you get the cold fry and not as enjoyable. When you get the piping hot fry, there's nothing better. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. oh, I think too. Like yeah, French fries definitely. You, you have to have them at the like a, a maximum temperature there because like I don't like cold fries. You're I can't right. eat cold fries. Like cold like pizza, lukewarm. I can eat. Uh, lukewarm pizza, I can eat. I can't do fries that way, though. Uh, so I want to like, give me uh, as people in the Twitch chat weighing in. Uh, let me uh, go to the Twitch. Uh, someone said fried chicken. Fried chicken piping hot. Like chicken tenders. I think anything like in the fried category when it comes out of the fryer. Anything. The salt clings a little better. Somebody said mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella That's sticks a good one. Is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Someone that said clam chowder. Like, I mean, any hot soup is too hot. You gotta, yeah, let you gotta soup, let simmer gotta, a little bit. Yeah, you gotta let soup cool down a little bit. I think popcorn's a good one. I see popcorn in the Twitch chat as well. Yeah, right. Popcorn you need. With the hot butter, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, how, how do you guys handle spiders? Because I know people who, when they find a spider, it's, it's game over. Like, it is, they need somebody else to come in and remove the spider. I'm not like this, but I don't know. Do you guys, are you guys able to handle a spider being around, or is it. But what kind? I mean, I've not been around a venomous. Like, if I lived, I want to eventually one day move to Arizona. And, like, I feel like that's going to be a huge adjustment for me with spiders and rattlesnakes and scorpions. Lizards. The lizards, I, I feel like I could handle, but, like, the scorpions but and But, yeah, they're snakes, just running around everywhere. Got to check your shoes when you're in Arizona for uh, for scorpions. But... A UK mother uh, realized every arachnophobe's worst nightmare after she found a spider nest inside of her ear. Oh, see, these are, I see these all the time. Have you gone down the uh, rabbit hole or spider hole of um, some of these where they, like, with the tweezers, pull out some of this sort of stuff? It's crazy. So she got, she used one of those, you can, you can connect them to your phone now where it has, like, a little camera on the end of the little tool that goes into your ear and she put it in there and she found an entire spider nest. She said she she heard scratching and itching noises in her ear for like a month and a half. Well, now, now that's disgusting. And and like how how does that happen? Like a spider lays an egg or eggs in in your ear? Apparently. Spiders cuz they get really tiny some of them even when they're fully grown. I don't know how, but yeah, I don't know how you don't realize that. 
I, I've like I've been very tempted. There's another Instagram thing that I've talked about. Like I, you know me. I, I last week I've talked a, a lot about that. I'm a big Instagram shopper, and I could be swayed by an Instagram ad. Um, I use the Q-tips, and it, it's been bad, and I've had to get my ears um, suctioned with the wax because I like a good ear scratch or a good like I like to see the the wax on the Q-tip. But all it really does is push the wax down. And now they sell these things, Charlie, as you mentioned, where you can buy these new devices where you can get the wax out of your ear because there's a camera on them. And it's attached to your phone where you can scoop it instead of pushing it. Do you know what I'm saying? I've seen those. Yeah, it kind of like flushes it out. Or at least scrape it out. You can scrape it. You can scoop it like a shovel. And I'm very tempted to buy one of these. My girlfriend actually has one of those, and we got a big clump of wax out of my ear oh, one time. And see, it, you guys share it? No. Well, sanitize it. But I, uh, it can't, it was, I couldn't believe how big it was. And, like, my hearing was changed after. I could hear huge. better. It's crazy I, how bad it is. I love the feeling of that. Like, it's soothing, and, and I think it's... Uh, uh, it, like, did you, did you, like, isn't that, that, that had to be like a big, did you guys uh, celebrate after that? Yeah, I had to, yes, I had to adjust my, like, you know, internal levels because all of a sudden I was hearing so much different. Like, it really, it, it, if you're not doing that kind of maintenance often, it can get really bad. Let's see, I'm thinking. So I, 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 so it's worth it. Are you saying that this is worth it? I think it's worth it. Like if you have waxy ears, I think it's a hundred percent worth it. Hugely waxy ears. Well, there you go. Um, this uh, Jair Alexander story, I think, yes. is it's one of the nuttier stories happening right now. Because um, he just, we have the audio, and I'll play it for you here in a second. What when you hear this, like, do you when you saw what happened, do you? Like, I don't know what's going on in Green Bay. You barely lose to Carolina, or you barely beat Carolina, and then you have your veteran cornerback doing this weird thing in in the coin toss. So do you want me to explain, like, what he, what happened? Yeah, like, go, yeah you might be so able to So he wasn't a, a captain, and I think he explains it here after the game. The, the audio is from after the game, isn't it? believe so. And, and so, so he, he went out there and he, he screwed up the way he said. They wanted to defer and he almost phrased it where they lost the possession because he said like they wanted to defend. So they almost screwed that up. Lafleur wasn't happy because he was not a designated captain. He should not have been out there to begin with. And the Packers have since suspended him for the coin toss and what happened for conduct detrimental to the team, there's got to be something else here. But this is the audio from after the game. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains, and you were the fourth, and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting. You know, I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which, in theory, could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to 
to uh, kick off, but you wouldn't have lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half. Yeah, no, I told them that uh, I said uh, I want I want our defense to be out there, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Okay. Did he, did he say that? Yeah, he did. The mic, the mic was on. I oh, what? Well, yeah, he heard you. Oh, really? No, nah, he was just like, defer? I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. Everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? Like, it's pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the no. sideline? <laughs> Why would they? I, l- I love Packer chaos. Th- that, those sound bites kind of... I mean, he sounds like he doesn't realize he did something wrong. No. And, and it's like, he's like, well, what, why are you talking to me? Like, I, this is just business as usual. And the fact that he thinks he's in the right throughout this entire thing. He went rogue. He went behind his coach's back and nearly cost them a possession in what ended up being a one-possession game. And like, like the, the, That's the funniest part, Tyler, is that they designate three captains. The three captains go out, and they're supposed to make the, the call. He's like... Hey, LaFleur, you forgot I'm from Charlotte. I should be a designated captain. So I'm going out there, and I'm going rogue, and I'm going to make the call. How backwards is that? And, and, and the fact that LaFleur, uh, luckily for the Packers, went to the officials and I guess goes to the officials before every game to explain to them. Yes. I, like, I would have never thought a coach would have to do something like that. But I also it also made me think, how archaic is it that we send the players yeah, out there? It's weird, right. Like, why wouldn't you just send the coaches out there? They're the ones that are That's just right. like you're just sending a messenger out there when you can send the coaches out there. We see it in baseball all the time. They exchange right. the lineup cards before the game. They go over ground rules with the umpires. Why aren't we just sending the coaches out there if for the, the coach coach is, flip? Right. If the coach is giving it to begin with, like like LaFleur did, they should just pass a note like 20 minutes before the game. If you win the toss, what is your what is your designation? Right. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> just fix it and just send the coaches out but there. But I'm here for look. I'm here for Packer chaos. Oh uh, yeah. Make no mistake. Who who was the defender who last year got kicked out of the game too for like uh, um, was it Quay Walker? Like the Quay Walker stuff from last year. Now Jair Alexander. I'm here for all of this craziness. They're and, learning and the, what the 99 percent live with. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to the rest. And um, and the Bears play them in a week. I'm actually I'm I'm going to be going to Lambo. It's going to be my first time at Lambo. Oh for that really? Game. Yep. I was hoping selfishly that there would be some important stakes behind it, but now it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Are you going to the Tundra Trio? I don't know what the plan is. I'm going with uh, a friend's family, and they've had uh, Packer season tickets for like 40, 50 years. It is incredible. It is. I it's mean, been on my much, bucket list. Yeah, it, it is. It is worth it, and it reminds me a lot of the Wrigley Field of football. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is really an incredible experience. As much as we hate the Packers, it is an incredible experience, and they've done a really good job with it, renovating it. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Lambo's definitely on my bucket list for sure. Um, when we come back, though, we're going to play a little game that we like to call around here, Florida or Ohio. That's next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. 
Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Right, uh, Florida or Ohio is always brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. It is the week of New Year's. I want you to stop off, and if you've tried it, or if you haven't, I want you to pick up a bottle of 19 Crimes today, wherever you pick up your wine, for the New Year, or for this week, whether you're just chilling or for the games, try it. You're going to love it. 19 Crimes Wine, TWE Imports. Sonoma, California. What do you guys got? Man steals 50 50 pound fish from indoor pond at Bass Pro Shops. He stole a a real fish? A 50 pound live fish from the store's tank. This is tough because Bass Pro Shops are all over. Yeah, and the biggest one I think is in Iowa or something like that, but there's so many uh, fishermen both in Florida and in Ohio, I guess. Yeah, like, I I think you're right. Like, one of the biggest is in either, like, Missouri or Ohio. Like, I think it's like a pyramid. How, what's that? I think it's a pyramid. Oh, is it? It's like a massive pyramid, yeah. Is that is that all to the story? So they, how do you steal a fifty? So he fish? he walked into the store with a fish net and took the the fish, like just stole the fish, caught it in the pond, and then walked out with it. They're still looking for him, actually. Oh boy! But he stole the fish. A- is alive? You think he's taking care of the fish? Fifty pound fish. How's that thing getting home? That thing's not surviving a ride home unless you have a big tank. In the car, in a pickup I guess, truck. I guess, like, I think you gotta you gotta show up to Bass Pro Shops in a pickup truck anyway, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's the only way they let you into the parking lot. That's your admittance uh, ticket. I think, I think so. Um, I, I'm gonna go. This is this is um, this is Ohio. See, I, I think I think this is Florida because the fact that he was able to just go in and out. No, and nobody like tackled him in the laid back atmosphere that often exists in Florida. You know, vacation destination people kind of taking taking it easy. I'm going to say that it's Florida. I'm going to say like Naples. I think if you want to fish in Naples, you're going to go to the ocean or wherever you can fish. There's so many different places. I think this is this is a midwestern this is a midwestern kooky crime. It took place in Fort Myers, Florida. Damn it! I think it's right there. Isn't Fort Myers right by Naples? I don't know my Florida geography at all. Um, I I think you fly into uh, Naples uh, through Fort Myers. Let's see. I don't know. One time I went there, that's where I flew. Uh, Fort Myers. Where's Naples on this map? Oh, yeah. It's very close. Good job, Charlie. Chuck Wagon. I only know of uh, Naples because the stand-up comedian I really like has a joke that he hates Naples. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of rich people in Naples. I I was only there once. It was during COVID. Um, It was right at the end of COVID, right after uh, my my cancer battle. And it was during, like, the time where, like, 
COVID was still a thing, so I wasn't going out, and we had to eat dinner basically in the hotel room, and it sucked. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like I was too. like, all I wanted to go. It was like the the winter of 2020 still, so it was still 2020. It's like December of 2020. I needed to get away, and it was just in remission, and I needed like to. to so Allie and I went away, but it wasn't it wasn't much fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like in, uh, doesn't he go to Florida in, in Goodfellas and he asks for pasta sauce or he gets spaghetti and meatballs and they give him spaghetti with ketchup? <laughs> but I did see a bald eagle eating a, uh, like a squirrel in a tree. That was kind of cool. Nature That's at its intense. finest. Yeah, yes, that was the first time I've ever seen a bald eagle in the wild. That was cool. I thought that was cool, and that happened in Naples, right outside of Walgreens, if you could believe it. Um, all right, coming up next, uh, Jeff Joniak is going to join us, the latest uh, from Hallis Hall, and we'll find out. Um, people were very, very itchy about me coughing in the Bears booth this weekend. We'll find out if everyone made it uh, out without getting sick. So uh, we'll talk to Joniak about that coming up next.